I'm Paul Higgins, an ex-corporate executive turned business owner who for five years struggled to grow a cloud consulting business whilst battling a chronic disease. With the help of mentors and experts, I got the business model right, built a sales and marketing engine and developed a high-performing team that ended in a successful exit. I received a kidney transplant from a mate and now on my second life, I dedicate my time to helping other cloud consultants scale quickly with less effort to enjoy life. Detecting an accent, I'm an Aussie working globally from Melbourne, Australia. I interview successful cloud consultants sharing their scaling stories to give you inspiration and practical tips. I have dedicated experts for cloud consultants on the show to save you time and money by working with the right people. If you want to scale quickly with less effort to enjoy life, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hi, I'm Paul Higgins and welcome to the Accelerate Sales Podcast, episode number 462. Today's topic is scaling the most innovative HubSpot partner in the world. And you're learning three key things. One is how to build the three legs of the HubSpot business, and that is consulting product and implementation, how to build a relationship with HubSpot, and Jens has got some great ideas on that. And lastly, the pros and cons of mining a vertical. I am an Aussie living in Melbourne, Australia, but I have got a bit of an accent, which you've probably picked up, but I do work globally, especially in North America. If it's your first time, welcome. Great to have you here. And if you like what you hear or see, please subscribe. If you're a cloud consultant, you're in the right place because we help people that consult and deploy SaaS platforms from any make or model. And if you're a regular, thanks for your support. Let me know that you listen at paul at paulhigginsmentoring.com and also suggest topics you'd love me to cover or people you'd like me to interview, which could be you as well. And there'll be a summary in the show notes at paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash podcast. And before we go into the interview with Jens, I'd like to thank our two sponsors. One is the Cloud Consultants Collective, the world's only revenue-focused collective for cloud consultants. It's peers answering peer questions faster than Google and YouTube. If you don't believe it, try it for yourself. Just go to cloudconsultantscollective.com to join for free today. Now there is SendSpark. It's a wonderful platform for sending personalized videos with less effort. We all do it now, so why not do it in an easier way? You can get six months free at paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash sendspark. And our guest today is an experienced sales professional and modern growth leader. He's got a proven track record of growing revenues exponentially in a global tech SaaS companies. He enjoys working in an open, international and dynamic environment when an entrepreneurial spirit is encouraged and valued. A strong believer in authentic leadership, which is built on trust, honesty, and accountability. So I'll hand you over to Jens Sudel from Coxio Labs, and that's uh, K-A-K-S.io, which will be in the show notes. Green, to have you here, Jens. Great to be here. Thanks for the invite, Paul. You know, I did my research and um, I'm very excited to talk to you today. You've got a big claim around HubSpot Agency, which we'll talk about more in a moment. But why don't we kick off with, uh, you know, who your ideal clients are and uh, what problems you love to solve for them? Perfect. Let's do that. Coxio Labs, yeah, we're a HubSpot agency and we actually nowadays work with large demanding CDRM projects. In addition to that, we develop our own technology on top of the platform. So kind of taking the odd route in the HubSpot agency world compared to what most of the agencies have done for years already. And what we solve for our clients 
we really help to get the most out of HubSpot kind of platform-wide, let's say so. I mean, the focus is on sales and CRM side, but we really help a lot with getting all the processes set up, getting data models, uh, doing large data migrations, integrating third-party systems, and just overall kind of helping out understanding the overall tech stack that they're using, how they can play that together with HubSpot. So I guess that would be, in a nutshell, what we help yeah, and uh, the size of client, I don't know if it, you know, it's employee numbers or what's roughly your ideal sweet spot? So we're going up market all the time. Also, like the fact that HubSpot is moving up market all the time. So we're going aggressively against Salesforce nowadays in, in larger larger CRM companies. But when we talk about the Nordic market in our case, it's, I'd say, like the perfect fit is somewhere around 300 to 1,000 employees a bit over 1,000 employees. That's kind of the perfect fit, but we have larger clients than that employee-wise as well. So all the time kind of uh, looking where HubSpot is going and what HubSpot is developing there and then trying to find, find good clients that, that are a good fit. Right. And was it uh, often, you know, when I talk to HubSpot partners, is the chicken and the egg. They, they started in a vertical and then found that HubSpot was the best solution. Other people, you know, started with HubSpot and the reverse. Mm. What, what was it in your case? In our case, it was actually the story behind Coxio Labs started roughly eight years ago. We were a like service design, business design agency and work with, for example, a lot of the energy and utility companies and then help them figure out various business processes and design those. And very early days, it already kind of was clear that, okay, HubSpot is the technology that really serves these clients and is a good fit for the ones that we worked on in the early days. That's kind of where, where HubSpot came as the technology. And then later on, we decided to separate Coxial Labs as its own entity from the mother company in order to really focus on the technology side. Yeah, That's yeah. kind of the, the, the story behind how HubSpot became the technology yeah, and uh, I know that energy is a vertical that you've gone down. What what are some of the pros and cons of focusing on a vertical that you guys have found? That's a good question. I mean, I don't think there's that many companies in the HubSpot ecosystem that are really focusing on verticals at this stage yet. We can see, obviously, uh, you know, we benchmark from Salesforce or Microsoft ecosystem. There are companies that have built their business purely around a certain vertical. And we strongly believe that that's where HubSpot is going as well in the long term. And obviously, when you have a strong knowledge from a certain vertical, that's a pro when you go against other competitors and actually like really deep down understand their businesses and processes and what technologies they're using. So that's definitely a pro of focusing on certain verticals. Then cons, well, let's say that HubSpot traditionally has been a very much like off-the-shelf technology that it's easy to implement, easy to use. Maybe in the past hasn't been that customizable. Nowadays, it is very much customizable and you can really build very advanced processes and models there. So yeah, I don't know much cons about that. Well, more more on the, on the pro side there. Yeah, look, I know the partners that I work with, I'm always recommending that a uh, uh, vertical or a niche or a niche, however you want to describe it, is is best. Yeah. And uh, yeah, 
you know, it's a bit like me. I used to be, you know, consultants and coaches. That's who I basically helped. Whereas now I'm yeah. just for cloud yeah. consultants. The the podcast yeah. will be changing its name to cloud consultants. And then yeah. you know, it's it's easy to be a, a bigger fish in a smaller pond, so to speak. And I think, you know, with energy and also I know that mm. you focus on professional services, like it's not as if you're going to run out of companies is is my view. Most most people say, no, no. <laughs> I run out of work. I'm like, you won't run out of work. There's uh, more no, than enough to no. go around. For, for sure. We're not going to run out of Question back to you. Why did you make the decision to focus on just a, a more niche? Yeah, I think it's, um, I always look at what's there a need for? What What are you passionate about? Mm. Right. And can you make a living out of it? If I look at those three circles, and and I used yeah. to be a cloud consultant, so we we were multiple brands at one point. You know, we were agnostic, and and I just love mm. the the industry. And I come from a a background of a franchise or franchisee. So you know, eighteen years at Coca Cola, mm. that that was the same system. And to me, SaaS is just a much better version of the same system, right? The partner yeah. Yeah. and the the brand owner has to work together. So I love that tension between yeah. the two. Yeah. And I think there was a real need where there was a lot of technical advice out there for for mm-hmm. partners, uh, cloud consultants, but there's really not a lot around business. And if there was, it was just vertical. It was like only HubSpot versus only Salesforce. I'm like, well, ultimately, we're all pretty similar, right? I know we compete in the market, mm-hmm. but ultimately, we go to mm-hmm. market a similar way. So that was the reason that I uh, that I did it. And uh, yeah, I absolutely love it. It's been just over 12 months and uh, I wouldn't look back. And I get to meet brilliant people like you. So brilliant. hey, why, why <laughs> Exactly. And I know that you, you know, on, the, on your LinkedIn profile, which is excellent, we'll have the link in the show notes. You talk about being, you know, the world's most innovative HubSpot partner. So in that journey, what, what does that mean for you guys? How, how are you going to get there? So we have kind of defined innovation within HubSpot is that we try to take HubSpot where HubSpot doesn't want to go or where they have decided not to go themselves. So kind of bend and stretch the limits of the platform overall. That's something we kind of define as innovation that we're always trying to understand obviously where HubSpot is going themselves, what they're building themselves, and then add value to the ecosystem all the time. Is it then our own apps that we build or like new ways of working with our clients, new verticals that we bring in that HubSpot has had challenges with. So that's really what we see as innovation. Yeah, great. And what's the relationship like with HubSpot themselves? We have a really good relationship. We've been focusing on that's been in, in like core of our strategy from basically day one, that relationship building with HubSpot, both in the in the headquarters in Boston and, and in the European organization in Dublin, that's that's really probably the most important thing for us as an agency. So we want to have a good relationship with them. We want to really understand their daily work and how we can support them as an agency. We also work closely with the tech team in Boston. So really be on the edge there to constantly understand where they are taking the technology so that we can then add value. So definitely relationship building there. We've succeeded with that and we will continue doing that. I see that as a massive bad. And how and if has that changed with COVID? Like obviously with COVID, you know, we weren't flying around the world, meeting people in person. Are you starting to see that come back a bit? Do you get to HubSpot HQ in Dublin often or is it still mainly done uh, virtually? That's a good question. I mean, I actually started 
at Taxi Labs roughly three years ago. So it was, uh, it was just around COVID time. So I've basically built, for example, my relationship with all the, all the HubSpot people during COVID time. So, I mean, this is what sales and relationship building nowadays are. You need to be able to do it remotely. And obviously now we can see that people are again, traveling more and more, but still majority of the, of the so-called face-to-face time happens online anyway. So you just need to make sure that you know that game as well. Do you have set meetings with HubSpot or is it more fluid? Like if you're listening to Jens now and you're an emerging HubSpot partner and you're thinking, well, how do I better improve my relationship with, with HubSpot? What's, what's your advice on that? It's just hard work from day one. You know, you need to meet people, you need to discuss, you need to get to know them, you need to fly over and meet them, have dinners, you know, spend time with them. It's just a lot of work, which pays off eventually. That's just how it is. And I mean, frequent communication is what's required. I have channels open with all the most important people there that I get to work with on a daily basis. And I prioritize time for them. When it comes to, for example, lead generation, that's by far the most important channel for us to get new clients. Yeah. And what would the rough mix of self-generated versus HubSpot generated leads be of your total leads? I'd say at the moment we're more or less 50-50. We've been in a lucky situation for a longer time that we haven't really had time or had to do any outbound sales that much. So we've had our own marketing channels for writing content and just focusing on having our own brand, brand in good shape. We try to get as much reviews as possible in HubSpot's partner directory. And then we work with the sales reps in Dublin. So those are more or less the three main channels where we get our leads right now. And it's working really well. If you look at the electricity and you look at professional services, which you two focus verticals, the HubSpot yeah. by default send you those leads or they send you just any lead? Now, how, how does that sort of work? I mean, we, we obviously try to kind of brand ourselves within those verticals. And then whenever you get to work on these clients and you deliver on those projects, obviously you get more of those. And then, and, and Red start to know you, know your brand, know your skill set. And, and then obviously the overall aim for everyone is to get more business. So however we can help them and they can help us, it's a win-win situation. Yeah. So, uh, so that's definitely what we do that we specialize in, in certain things. We don't do, do everything and then trying to kind of double down on things that work. Yeah. And, and the, from the content perspective, where's your content working best? What platforms or where's the content working best? Uh, LinkedIn is definitely the platform that works best for us. That's where our audience is. We've done some, uh, podcasts or some webinars, they work okay. I wouldn't say that they work that well, but anyway, we don't have a massive marketing kind of engine up and running at the moment. So the investments that we've made, they paid off pretty well. And yeah, LinkedIn would be the channel that, that works best. Yeah. Yeah. Look, it's, uh, you hear so many different numbers, but you hear between one and 5% of users actually post content. And uh, I know I'm sitting just over the 4 million mark now of views. And mm-hmm. you know, certainly we built our whole community last year 
you know, predominantly off content and LinkedIn outreach. So I still think it's yeah, a, yeah. it's it's a brilliant place. And from an outreach perspective, are you doing any outreach at all on, on LinkedIn? Not much at the moment. No, we haven't done that in a long time because it's more on the side that, okay, we need more talent, more capacity to work on the deals that we get, which is a good situation right now. So, yeah. so yeah, we haven't really done that in a longer time. But a really interesting point that you mentioned about the kind of employees branding themselves. I used to work in a SaaS company where we developed a platform for employee advocacy, where, where we try to encourage employees to, to share their stories and, and post content on LinkedIn and so on. So I've been, I've been working in that for seven years and, and know the nitty gritty details about that business pretty well. Yeah. Great. And, um, and you know, you've got, I call it the three legs to the stool. So you've got consulting services, you've got implementation, and you've also got app building, right? So you cover the, the three key things. And, uh, you know, once again, for right. people listening in the ends, they're like, well, I've got the consulting and I've got the implementation, but I've, I've never really known whether I should build apps or I should get someone else to build mm-hmm. apps. So just take us mm-hmm. a little bit through the journey of, how easy or hard was it to extend mm. that third leg, which was the, the app component? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I have to say definitely not an easy, easy route, so to say, but basically it all started from our own vision and our own beliefs where, where HubSpot's ecosystem is going. Like, where do we believe this all is going? And like, how will an agency look like, you know, Three, five, eight years from now, uh, how 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 does these agencies look in other platform ecosystems? And then it really started from the fact that okay, we believe that this is where it's going. You need to be technical. Like you're not gonna survive as an agency in the ecosystem if you, for example, just focus on marketing services, which is obviously where where HubSpot started, and most of the agencies are built around that. But we believe like early on that that's not enough. And that's why we decided very early on that we're not going to go that route at all. All of the employees, more or less from our company, have a background from sales, from, from CRMs, from sales management. And it was natural then for us to take that route. Like, like okay, let's bet that HubSpot will become a big player in the CRM space. And let's go that way. And then... When it comes to CRM, you also need that technical part. The, the platform will become uh, more advanced. It will become more customizable, which means that you will need more technical. You will need to understand integrations and migrations. And then basically from there, the idea grew that, okay, if we need technical people, we need to be able to understand the platform from a technical point of view. Why not see if we can build scalable solutions ourselves as well. So that's kind of where it all came from that, okay, we want to build a great business. Scalability is obviously what you look for. And if you like really want to want to become big, just consultancies, consultants, then human power, which is not that scalable. So, yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah that, that, that's a bit the, the story there. Yeah, that's great. And, and, you know, as far as the internal runnings of the business? Are they three separate businesses? Are you more flatter structure intertwined? Or just, yeah, wonder how the, the teams are set up internally, given you've got mm-hmm. effectively, you know, three parts of the business. 
very good question. We've basically tried different ways. So we've tried to separate our own product development from the consultancy side. And we realized that, I mean, they need to be separated to a certain extent, but then overall, the kind of core in everything is our clients. So we build for our clients, we build with our clients. So that's where it starts. And, and usually the kind of product ideas, obviously they come from our clients' needs. So then we cannot be separated as a product development organization and a consultancy organization as, as consultancy. They have the knowledge and, and the needs from the clients, and then we just need to kind of figure out how we get them to work together. Definitely not an easy task, but that's kind of where we are right now. Yeah, and, and I think you also build apps for some other uh, partners in the ecosystem, HubSpot ecosystem as well. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've supported, for example, a lot of SaaS companies in their journey towards the HubSpot marketplace, for example. So we've helped SaaS companies build their own extensions or apps to the marketplace and just kind of consult around, okay, how do they get efficiently into the HubSpot and what HubSpot is about? So there's a lot of, lot of different elements and everything kind of starts from understanding HubSpot's capabilities very broadly. It's, it's starting to be a very advanced platform and customizable. Yeah. And, you know, if you could have one wish for the app marketplace at the moment for HubSpot, because, you know, there are others that have a little more, or been around longer. Let's let's put it that way. Mm. Uh, mm. What, what would it be? What what's one thing that you think the HubSpot uh, app marketplace needs that it hasn't got? That is a good question. I mean, obviously, it is kind of early days for the marketplace still compared to other ecosystems. So, I would just encourage SaaS companies to to explore what it has to give and and just need need to get more apps there more competition also so that the apps that are there gets better and better for the clients. So that's probably what I would wish that just encourage companies to think about the platform ecosystems overall, that, okay, what is the role of those? I think more of, more and more of the companies have that, like compared to, for example, my previous experiences roughly 10 years ago from SaaS companies, I think the, the kind of ecosystem thinking came a bit later into the game and nowadays SaaS companies are very much thinking from the ecosystem and integrations perspective day one. It needs to be, it cannot be a, a software which is not attached to all of the, all of the most important ecosystems. So I think that's changing a lot and, and, and good. So. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I totally agree when, you know, we used to always have the debate when we ran our cloud consulting business, you know, back sort of in the you know, 2015, 16, it was like, you know, do you, mm. is it going to be best of breed? Is it going to be like, you know, Correct. Uh, yeah. all in one, right? And I think the answer now is <laughs> it's both, right? And I think that's, yeah. you're right, that's where it's got to be, that that entire ecosystem. And it's not just your platform, right? Like, right. You, know, you you can't be, yeah, you can't be a silo in, in today's world. That's not, uh, that's no. not going to work. So, um, no, definitely not. Yeah, look, well, yeah, absolutely. Uh, fascinating. I think, you know, you guys uh, are doing it exceptionally well and um, we'll have all of Jens's uh, details in the show notes and you're listening to episode 462. But uh, what we'll do now is just go into the rapid fire. So I'm going to ask you four questions. 
and get some quick answers just to round it out. So the first one is for you, what are some of the daily sales habits that you do to accelerate your sales? Um, I'd say I'm a guy who likes to get excited about things, which is uh, maybe not the not the perfect mix to be a very effective sales guy, but I think huh, one, of, one of the most important things is just to block time for, for a specific sales task throughout the week. So have clear blocks in your, in your schedule for doing specific tasks so that you have a clear rhythm for the week. I think that's what's helped Neil. Yeah, yeah, great advice. And, and what about finding more about sales? Sales is, you know, constantly changing, innovating. Like where do you go to find information to help improve your sales skills? Again, coming back to my personality about being interested in a lot of, a lot of things and, and getting excited. So, uh, I'd say more or less that I don't necessarily specifically go anywhere to find. I constantly see and find and read and listen and have discussions in order to learn and, and, and find new skills. So whether it be, you know, discussions on LinkedIn with my network or having business lunches or reading books or articles or, or being in this kind of podcast just to discuss the topics that I like, I mean, that's my way of learning. It's like from everywhere and you, you get so much information from all of the different channels and then you just need to prioritize what you actually focus on. Yeah, great. But, you know, the important thing is you're dedicating time to it, right? Which is which is fantastic. Um, so if we could grant you one wish for Coxio Labs, what would that be? If you could give me 20 or 30 CRM consultants in a, in a row right now, I'd be super happy. <laughs> We, 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 we have, we have work, <laughs> yeah. we need people. So, so in, in, in general, I know there's a lot of layoffs in the tech space happening for in the U S right now and, and over, over the world. So in general, send me a message if you want to work with a great technology and really kind of get your CRM consultants side, side up and running. There you go. Well, if you're a freelancer looking for a career, I think you just got the door wide open. The last one is, you know, what do you know now that you wish you had have learned a little earlier on running this HubSpot business? Um, I probably knew already in the beginning that's going to be a bumpy road, but that's with every startup and growth company that you join. You know, it's going to be be a bumpy road. There's going to be a lot of ups and downs, but mostly it's, uh, it's just super exciting. I'd say that one thing that you should focus on probably, or what I would have wanted to focus on from early days is to really focus on your referrals, build a referral kind of network or community that you will use in order to get the next client and get the next client and, and, and really focus on that because it just makes your life a lot easier than, than going for cold outreach or, or whatever you you do in order to get to those conversations. So, so yeah. that would be my one, one to one tip that focus on that early on. When you get your first client, that's the way to that's get your, doing, your, yeah. your second one. Yeah, exactly. I think that's brilliant. I think that li- links back to the, you know, the vertical or the niche play as well, right? Like if you get well known within a vertical, you're going to get greater chance of referral. So I think it, it nicely puts Correct. a bow on what you started <laughs> with. So, uh, yeah, look, great having you on the, on the show, Jens, I really appreciate you coming on and, and have a great day. Perfect. Thanks, Paul. It was my pleasure to be here. That was a great interview with Jens. And let 
him know what your thoughts are around the, the traditional agency model that HubSpot once, well, it started with is, uh, you know, is getting a little tired. And I love the way that they are going down the more the product route and the app exchange route. But uh, share on LinkedIn what you did learn from Jens. You'd love that. Also, there's the links and to the show notes that you're listening to. You can get a full transcript at paulhigginsmentoring.com for us as podcasts. And uh, if you got one, five, it doesn't really matter how many peers that you know that could get value from this, please share it with them because uh, there's nothing worse than keeping a great podcast and not sharing it with your friends. Check out our solo shows. And also, if you're scaling your cloud consulting business and you want a blueprint, so something to compare your model versus what we believe is best in practice, just go to paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash blueprint. It's a free ebook and you can get that today. And as always, please take action to accelerate your sales. Learning is just one piece of the puzzle. It is now time for action. Head to today's show page at paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash podcast. Get the links and put it into action. Head to your favorite podcast platform, subscribe, rate, and review the show. Suggest topics for me to cover at paul at paulhigginsmentoring.com. And don't wait one more minute to gain access to content, especially for you, a cloud consultant, at paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash newsletter. This could be the difference between wasting time figuring it out yourself or scaling quickly with less effort to enjoy life.